What's up, folks? The Live Life Aggressive Podcast. This is your host, Mike Mahler. Another week and a solo show. Well, I guess you'd say a duo show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, when we start talking about solo shows, that's when we have to, like, talk about Ken. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of time alone with himself. Exactly, he has a lot of a lot of him time. If you know what I mean. He's well, he's well calibrated with himself. He spent a lot of time apartment. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, first of all, we're going to keep talking about our workshop, folks. In case you, that's going to be the theme for every show until September, so you're just going to have to deal with that at the beginning of every episode. We're going to be talking about the best fitness course that's ever going to be put on and why you need to attend it. And that's going to be in Las Vegas on September 20th and 21st. Okay, it's a weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be eight hours each day of action-packed material. No fluff, no wasting time. It's going to be four killer presenters. Me, Mike Mahler, Sincere Hogan, Kim Blackburn, Steve Cotter. All in one event in Las Vegas, the most, the most entertainment-driven town in America where everyone all over the world comes to have a great time. You get to come here, get some great instruction, get to hang out with us. We're going to have extracurricular activities. We're going to go out and have a good time. We're going to, I'm looking at group deals at nice casinos where everyone can stay, like the M Casino where I go play blackjack quite a bit or Green Valley Ranch, looking into all the logistics to make sure that you guys have a great experience. And on top of all of that, we just found out that it's the same weekend as the Mr. Olympia Expo and, and competition. And some people were saying, well, maybe you should move it to the weekend before or after. We're like, no, nah, screw that. No, many people are coming into town for that event? And how many fitness celebrity-type people and, and regular celebrity-type people that are coming exactly. through? So we, we, have, we have opportunities to get all kinds of cool people just to show up to do meet and greets and so forth. And many of you can come take the course, and then you can go check out the expo, which is a total freak show. It reminds me of that bar scene in the first Star Wars movie. You know, the good one. The good one. Yeah. Episode four. Right, right. Episode four. Yeah. yeah. Remember that bar scene with all those aliens playing? The oh, movie? man. Oh, that, you got that's Greedo. what that Mr. Olympia Expo is like, man. Yeah. Free Don't forget. show. Don't forget, you got a Star Wars nerd on, on the line right here, man. So, yeah, I'll, be, I'll start rattling off all these names like Greedo and, and, and the Sand Troopers. Like, yeah, don't get me started, man. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I, heard gonna, I heard you're going to teach in a Darth Vader outfit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, I, I was an asthmatic kid growing up. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to take it back, man. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, so what man. you do, what, what you want to do, folks, is email either Sincere or myself, Mike at LLAPodcast.com, Sincere at LLAPodcast.com, and type in VIP in the subject line. This doesn't mean you get into the course for free, just to be clear. What it means is that you get first dibs on the lowest price possible for this course. Before we blast it out to the whole world to register, you get first dibs on registering to make sure that you actually get in this course because it's going to sell out fast. That's number one. And number two, you get in at the lowest price possible because that price is going to go up fast. I mean, we're going to start probably at $799.95, which is a steal for eight hours, two days, four high-level instructors. It's not like one guy and three nobodies. It's four high-level, well-known, awesome instructors with incredible feedback. We've all worked together, so we gel very well together, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we all know each other's idiosyncrasies and training styles, and we can all help out each other. So it's going to be one of those courses where, let's say you're in the room with 30 other people and Sincere's talking. It's not like the other three guys are going to leave the room. We're going to stay there and help him out. And just like Ken and Sincere and Steve are going to help me out and so forth. So we're going to, we're going to make sure that everyone is around helping each other out. That way you get interactions with us. 
Because a lot of times it's those like three minutes where you had a chance to talk to Steve Cotter in the corner about something, or you had a, you had a chance to talk to Ken Blackburn about programming during one of the breaks, or you finally had a chance to talk to Sincere about something after, after he finished his session and we had taken a break before the next one. That kind of stuff is really cool. That's the kind of stuff that a lot of people tell me is, is really impactful and meaningful. And then we're going to have group dinner set up where we'll probably get like a really nice ballroom type setting in a nice restaurant where we have a private room. And then we'll have, let's say we have 30 students. So we'll have around maybe nine or so people per table. And actually we'll split up even more. We'll split up where we can have four tables and then one instructor per table. And then we can just kind of rotate every 20 minutes or so so that all of us have a chance to interact with each other. Because what we want to avoid is, and I see this all the time at courses, where all the instructors go sit at a table by themselves, and then and all the students to are, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, dude, you guys can talk to each other anytime you want. Make yourself available for the students. Like five instructors at one table, and then the energy is don't come over here, like that kind of energy. Yeah. Like you're, like, you're not part of the club. You're not allowed to come over here. Like this hierarchy-type energy, which is total fucking bullshit. And people like that can go fuck themselves, these sanctimonious assholes who think that, they're, they're putting themselves on a platform. People are coming out to pay them for a course, and, they expect, and they're asking you to call them sir. It's like, no, it should be the other way around. We're going to call you sir or ma'am. It's not going to be you calling us sir. We're not going to do some no. pseudo-military bullshit. Sir is my father. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't call anybody sir. Mr. Mr. Hogan, no, that's my father. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> it's always funny, yes, sir, yes, sir. Like, really? Shut the hell up. No, we don't do that, like, do that crap where we're not approachable and we're trying to run it like it's some kind of boot camp, like some kind of fake military experience. If you want a military experience, go join the real thing. There you go. <laughs> Let's not insult people that are really members of the military by trying to pretend that we're doing something that they're not doing. So, you know, so I mean, forget it. We're not, we're not playing that game. So, yeah, you don't want to miss out, folks. It's going to be, I mean, just with the addition of the Olympia going on at the exact same time, that's just an added bonus right there. Like, like Mike said, you never know who will pop up inside the course just for the fact that, hey, the four of us and the connections that we have, again, there's no telling who will pop up, who just stick their head in like, hey, man, I like what you guys are doing, have fun, boom, 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 talk to you for during the breaks, and then they're out. But, look, at least you had access to them during the course where you probably may not have had access to them during the Olympia at the actual event of the Olympia because there's going right. to be a madhouse there. So, again, just – we're just adding more and more to this thing. So there's really no reason for you not to be there. All right? So that's all i got to say about that until the end of the show. Yeah, and <laughs> so then, then there's going to be so many after parties that are, are correlated with the Olympia yeah. that are going to be a blast. And we can get into some of those. You know, I've got connections here in town. I don't just live here and, and sit around my garage with a gun in my hand all day. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I get out there and meet people, man. I've got some connections out of here. We can set some stuff up. <laughs> yeah. What kind of neighbors do you have, man? <laughs> Actually, I live in the second safest neighborhood in the, in the country, Henderson, Nevada, so I'm all good here. That's why I only have a taser gun. I don't need that. I just got rid of all the shotguns once I moved higher. <laughs> and also, folks, don't forget to use LLA coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, my eBooks, my videos, my t-shirts and 30% off your stuff, right? Sincere? Yes. 30% off of my digital download or physical copy of my DVD. And I tell you what folks, there's a tab up now for my weight management course, 12 week course. You go at awesome. your own pace, you go at your own pace and you can get 30% off of that as well. And I'm going to be surprising you for all those that sign up with that. So there's going to be some things that are not necessarily listed on the, the sales page that are going to go on. So maybe some Q&As, 
just some private, not the ones like we do here on the show, but it's actually just us, where the people who are purchasing that program, you know, I'm going to have some webinars with you guys, and we can have some Q&A and help you out and kind of cover some of the things that are going on during some of the modules that you're going to be studying through that. So what this does is going to really help you take control. You know, one thing that Mike and I forever are trying to just drill at, each, drill at you guys each and every week is to take your own life in your own hands and to take your health in your own hands and not hand it over to someone else. So the more you know, the more educated you are, the more informed you can be, and the better you can make decisions on what program to follow, what diet to follow, whatever. But what this does, it gets down to the core of pretty much how your body reacts with food, with exercise, and it explains it in a way that it's not talking down to you like a lot of websites do. They try to talk you down like you're stupid or something like a Dr. Oz show where it just gives you just the it's not even the bare minimum, but usually has an agenda because he's trying to sell something from one of his sponsors or something like that. And then two months later, he's now saying that he does not agree with whatever he talked about two months ago that he did agree with. Well, it's not a flip-flop situation. This is not about crash dieting or anything like that. This is the stuff that works. Like we always talk about, folks, there's nothing like the basics, even when it comes to training. When it comes to training, right. pick up heavy shit, put heavy shit down. Deadlift, right. squat, bench, you know, some overhead pressing. Nothing, all that super sexy, fancy shit is just super sexy, fancy shit. And that's all it's people. Nothing beats the basics. And that's what this program is. It's the basics, but it's not boring. It's fun. It's very interactive. It's not just text. I mean, you've got PDFs. You've got video. You've got audio. You've got all these things to support you and reiterate all the things that you learn. So, therefore, you will be a better informed person that can take control of their health and be a lot fitter, a lot stronger, and not feel so in the dark, especially when there's so much information out there right now coming at you 24-7. There's a study every five minutes. One minute, fats are good. Two minutes later, fats are bad. Carbs are good. Carbs are bad. All that stuff, guess what? This program will help you get, sift through all that BS and truly help you to make better decisions, like with your health. And um, so, yeah, so go check that out. Like I said, it's on the tab on my website, newwarriortraining.com. It's under the weight management tab. And other than that, you can also, like I said, get the DVD, the digital download, or the physical download. All those things are 30% off when you use the coupon code LLA. There you go. Awesome, man. Sounds great. Yeah, we're off to – we've got some great odds. Uh, I was telling some people, I go, March is going to be our best month of our show until we get to April. Oh, but then, then, then came April. <laughs> <laughs> April is stacked, man, stacked. We've got Boss Rutten coming on in April. We've got – Lita, WWE Hall of Famer, coming in oh, on podcast in a uh, podcast podcast. Telepathy with you right I'm, now. I'm, I'm looking at Lita's photo right now. I got oh, focus. I just had an accent all of a sudden. Podcast. <laughs> focus, man. Focus. <laughs> no, we've got it. We've got a stack. April stack. This month is stacked as well. But I mean, we're not gonna. You'll, you'll just experience that as the shows come out. But I tell you what, we recorded a show with John Himes yesterday, which was talk about starting the month with some powerful shit. That was a very compelling episode. That was like an, an episode of 60 Minutes where I felt that. I felt that we did a really good job just not shoving sunshine up John Dabbs because we're both really good friends with him, so we naturally have a bias towards his side of the story. And I think it was important to ask him some of those tough questions and give him a different perspective rather than just make this a hate fest. And I right. think we did that. I, th I felt we really did that, and I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. And I'm not going to give it away. We'll let people – I mean, by the time you've heard this episode, that episode will be out, but just in case you – haven't heard it and you're listening to this one, I don't want to give it away, but you've got to check out the episode with 
John Hyamden and his experience with the people who created the TRX. Yeah. And I use the word created very loosely. <laughs> more about that on that show. But yeah. today we've got some awesome topics, man. We got, you know, Sincere and his wife just came back from Costa Rica. We're going to definitely talk about that because he has some hilarious stories. We were talking about that the other night. And we also have a, one, of our, one of our listeners who's a big fan of the show, Caleb Quinn, lives out here in Las Vegas. And he asked us what we think about this whole HRT ban in Nevada where all these UFC fighters that have been on HRT, medical reasonings and medical excuses. The TRT. Are, yeah, exactly. Yeah, HRT. <laughs> not the TNT cable. They've been on HRT. So to te- testosterone replacement, to be very simple, testosterone shots, creams, et cetera. They've been allowed to do it with the, just the, their doctors been, just medically they've been allowed, to, they've had a loophole where they've been allowed to essentially take steroids. And now that's come to an end where it's completely banned. So we have people like Vitor Belfort and Dan Henderson who, if they want to keep competing, will have to either only fight in other areas, like yeah, Brazil, <laughs> or, which is what he's been doing quite a bit, actually. All last year, all of uh, Vitor's fights were in Brazil. And they try to spin that as, oh, well, he's so popular in Brazil, which is true. But that's not the only reason. Let's be but, here's the ki- but here's the kicker. Now you can't do it in Brazil because now Brazil, they follow suit. They did exactly what Nevada, what the Nevada State um, Athletic Commission did, too. And okay. they're also banning it as well. So right. that right there changes the game big time <laughs> right there. When now that Brazil yeah. stepped up and done the same thing, now what? So now it looks like they're going to be fighting in Georgia or someplace like that. I mean, yeah. Louisiana <laughs> is going to all of a sudden host some UFCs. Now, so here's what's going to have to happen. Medically, these guys have to. I mean, these guys have to go off. What happens when you go off HRT? Let's say you've been on it for, or TRT, or HRT, TRT. It's all the same. <laughs> all right. When you go off testosterone, let's say you've been on it for a couple of years, you have shut down your natural production completely. Doesn't mean that it can't come back, but you've shut it down because your body is always going to do what's easy. So if you're giving yourself a lot of testosterone. There's no reason for your brain to signal to your testes to produce testosterone because you're getting it. So your brain's like, we don't need to waste energy on that. Let's just rely on what we're getting from the outside. So you have shut down your natural production. When you get off it, your T levels will go from wherever they were on it to zilch. And they're going to stay at zilch for a while. So what most doctors will do is put clients on Clomid, which is a fertility drug that ramps up natural testosterone production as well, and or they will put them on HCG therapy with these injections that also ramp up natural testosterone production. This is pretty good at, get, at restoring the natural production, and then they can theoretically eventually go off of that. In some cases, they've shut down their production to the point where there's, there's a point of no return. It really depends on how long they've been on it and how their endocrinology re- reacts to the products. So there's going to be some people where even with that post-cycle therapy, they're not coming back to a level that's going to allow them to compete at a high level. They're going to have the T levels of a 70-year-old man naturally, and that's not going to work, especially with <laughs> some of these guys like Dan Henderson, who's already 40. You know, Vitor Belfort's been yeah. fighting since he was 19. I mean, he's only 35 or so, but he's been fighting since he was 19. So that's high mileage. Right. And if he, goes, if he goes down to zero, it's going to be hard to train really hard for it, let alone fight at a high level. So what I see, what I predict happening is a lot of these fighters are just going to have to retire. I predict a lot of these guys are just maybe they're going to try to compete naturally, and it's just not going to happen. They're not going right. to be able to, to compete at the highest level. They're going to have to quit. Other ones are going to have to get way more scientific. They're going to have to look at optimizing vitamin minerals. They're going to have to look at supplementation. A lot of these guys, if they're smart, will gravitate towards something like my testosterone, my testosterone product, my testosterone mm-hmm. booster. 
Not that it's going to have a duplicate the results of HRT, but it's a natural way to ramp up your natural testosterone production. So what, I mean, it'll be, be interesting to see what happens with that. But I, I predict more of the former is that a lot of guys are going to retire, and there's going to be a few people who really try to dial things in, but that takes time. You know, that can take right. a couple of years to dial things in, and then what are you doing in the meantime while you're trying to dial stuff in? You feel like shit every fucking day when you're trying to dial shit in. It's not like you feel great, and then you're just dialing it in. You feel like total crap. When, you're, when your testosterone levels are zero, believe me, most, a lot of guys walk around with low T levels, but they still have T levels. Right. And it's zilch. I mean, you feel like a eunuch each day. You have no strength, no desire, no ambition. I mean, nothing. Getting out of bed in the morning is a hardship now. So that, that's a long haul to get back to, to feeling healthy, healthy, to feeling optimal. Yeah, it'd be very interesting, man, to see, like, who's going to stick around and who's going to have to bow out because of this. And... You know, it's really funny because I remember hearing Dana White say a while back, if you have to be on TRT, then it's definitely time for you to retire. <laughs> and so, it's, it's, but again, we've had our discussions about Dana and, and some of the things he says and the flip-flops here and there and where it makes special provisions for some and not the others. But, you know, it, it just seems like at that time when he said that, he was actually directing that statement towards certain fighters but, and right. not others. But my thing is, I mean, you, you got like, um, you're talking about fighters that need to retire. We were just talking about this discussion, too, on a side note. We were talking about just how, you know, as far as like with Chuck Liddell, you know, after a few of those fights getting knocked out at that time period, you know, he was, Dana was really saying like Chuck needs to retire. But then you see on some fighters like uh, Diego Sanchez, who is always in an all-out war, which just cannot be healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm pretty sure he's just a few fights away from ending up like a lot of the boxers out there. And right. then you have, you have these wars like with Mark Hunt and Bigfoot, and you had Dan Henderson and, and Shogun just beating the hell out of each other for 25 straight minutes. And, right. then you, you know, and you want them to do it again. But at the same time, you say to some, they need to retire. But then you put these wars together, and, you, and you're smiling ear to ear, like you were saying, about just the Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonifay, how the big cheesy grin that, that Dana had with that is just like so – at that moment, to most people, that looked like human cockfighting right there. That was like the anti, what they were trying to promote at that time. So it's just like it's picking and choosing or whatever. But yeah, they knew it was good for ratings. You know, like the same reason yeah. why they don't want Cyborg fighting Ronda anytime soon because yeah. Cyborg, Cyborg got a bold the female. And I use the word female loosely <laughs> in her case. But let's say on, theoretically she's the female. <laughs> fee, no, it's about fee, fee as in, fee as in iron. <laughs> F-E on the periodic table of elements, male. Okay, there we go. I'm not, I'm not even saying she would destroy Ronda because Ronda's awesome, but she has the she has the best chance out of any of the female fighters I see in MMA of giving her a real tough fight and potentially beating her. And they want to delay that as much as possible because Ronda is bringing more attention to the UFC than any other fighter, probably several fighters put together. They've got yeah. a huge amount of media exposure. If she loses, all that allure goes with it. Yeah, exactly. And, and now the rumor has, you know, I saw on, it was announced yesterday. It's just, a, I don't know if it's, it's true. But at the time that, um, that we're doing this show, the rumor is that maybe the next fighter that Ron is going to face is, gosh, man, I, I hate to even say this, Gina Carano. Oh, boy. I'm just like. Let's let, let the hot girls fight each other. That's the theory. Uh, yeah, I'm girls. just like, um, okay, so pretty much this has turned out to be like a Super Bowl lingerie, like, <laughs> you know, mud fight, mud wrestling match or something like that. Like, come on, man. I mean, when's the last that, time we've seen like, Gina like in a w, That's like a WWE type. Exactly. Right? You know, it's, no, a, like, diva, like, it's like, a Divas like, match. <laughs> the exactly. MMA Divas match. Like, come on. I, mean, I think Gina that has credibility. Fought, yeah, Gina hasn't fought in, what, three, four years? Longer than that? I think longer than now that. Now she's going to yeah. come in and fight for the, for the belt against the, the number one female fighter in the history of MMA? Come on. Yeah, I'm hoping that's a rumor. 
<laughs> yeah, I hope that's a rumor too. Because I think that would kill her a lot, though. Because Gina's doing pretty well with her movie career. I mean, she's not an A-lister by any means, but she's working. You know, she's out there doing quite a few movies, Fast and Furious and stuff like that. Right. So I would imagine they would have to pay her quite a bit because I think that's what stopped her from coming back before. She's going, I don't need to mess up this pretty face for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put my pretty face on the line, it better be for a lot of money. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, that's like I, said, I really hope that is just a rumor because I, I actually, from a business standpoint, I think that could actually kill. It, it, it's it's going to go one of two ways. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fanboys and little, you know, <laughs> prepubescent teens that will be excited about that and a bunch of horn dogs, you know, seeing, like, you know, two hot chicks fighting each other. But I think that really undoes, a, that's going to undo a lot of the momentum that's happened for women's MMA, in my opinion, as far as especially with making it legitimate it, with like the UFC. By doing that, it's just kind of like I, 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 can, I can promise you this, man. If, if Cyborg were some hot tamale, they they would have fought already. Oh yeah, it been a that's idea. what stopped. If Dana were like, look, you know, Cyborg is just as marketable as Ronda. Fuck yeah, he'd have those two girls fighting each other. Exactly. It's so obvious that the fact that they're looking at her and she's not marketable at all on that standpoint. That in, in fact, she kind of represents what people don't like about. Well, she kind of represents what women think of when they think of weightlifting, right? Like I'm going to look like that. Right. When you right. think of MMA, you think of women fighting in MMA. The first thing is you think of a woman like that, like some thug, some some brawler, the right. masculine looks chick. And what's what's really helped the M what's really helped women's MMA grow so much is that there's quite a few good looking women that are doing it, and that makes it really compelling. It's like wow, these hot girls kicking ass. You know that that's news. That's right. a journalism. Journalist wet dream right there. You know, sports journalist wet <laughs> Pun <dream>. intended. <laughs> <laughs> They're all over that, man. They can't wait to talk about that. Oh, man. So, yeah. I, like I said, I, just, I really hope that does not pan out as far as Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey. And my thing is, I don't know, man. It's just me with marketing. I think it shows a lack of creativity for their marketing department if they're afraid to bring Cyborg in, man. You know, yeah, just, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm like they're, they're taking the easy way out. Let's just let's just focus on the pretty girl that can fight. Oh come on, really? <laughs> come on, man. So I, I just think like I said, that's a lack of creativity on their part, and and it's just uh, yeah, I know it's a business and all, but my thing is you're kind of taking the easy way out as far as business. And once again, we talk about it all the time. We see that here, you know, in the fitness world, everybody wants to take the easy way out, just like we talked about with John Hines, where people, you know, would rather take that easy way out and do what they have to do for their business right. to, you know, survive or whatever. And this is one of those right. situations where I see it's the same thing here. If that fight were to happen with Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey, that's a do-what-I-have-to-do situation. Because I have to admit, right now I've seen some of the feedback with the uh, UFC Fight Pass, you know, that little paper. It's like a subscription uh, I'm service. Free, I'm on the free trial of that right now. I've heard, yeah. so, you know, I've seen some of the top people in, in the industry kind of like, come on, man, they're already having issues with it. Yeah, it's new. Of course, there's going to be some glitches or whatever. But the thing is, man, I think it's too much too soon. You're being a little greedy, trying to do a lot and trying to just nickel and dime as much as you can. Come on, man, we're already paying like damn near $60 a damn pay-per-view. Really? Now you want 10 extra dollars a month for me? Screw you. <laughs> like, come on, man. Stop it. And then again, I see you and I talked about this other night on the phone. It's that WWE model right there. It's like, you know, right. you, you never hear, really hear Dana talk about it much, but you can't tell me that he is not continuously pulling pages out of the Vince McMahon playbook here. <laughs> over and over and over because well, WWE, WWE just released their own channel, a subscription exactly. channel, you know, oh, yeah. right yeah, around yeah. the time of WrestleMania. And then here comes yeah. UFC with theirs. I'm like, stop, 
stop bleeding your customers and your and your supporters dry, man. Yeah, they'll you know, the argument will be well, we give a lot of free fights on Fox and all that, but yeah, dude, it's, but even that's overwhelming to your your loyal support system. You, it's right. too many fights. Like have some. I don't know when a fight is even on. So it's lucky for me, my DVR just knows when to record. You know which one, just from the title of them. So and I look on my subscription, you know, my um my list of scheduled like recordings or whatever, and I'm like, oh, there's a fight this weekend. Oh, okay. Half time I only get to watch them because there's so many. I'm like, there's no way in the world I have. I don't have that kind of time to sit there for like six, nine hours of watching just MMA. <laughs> I have I have a life. You know, there are some fanboys that can do that, but I'm not one of them. I gotta I gotta make even money. If, even if you have the time, why would you want to do that? Exactly. It's like, oh, geez. <laughs> so I've got plenty of time on my hands because I've got you know my business. To be blunt, my business is mainly most of my income is passive at this point because my nutrition supplements comprise the largest part of my income right now, and they're selling really well. So I've, I've got a lot of time to do stuff, which I which but I'm doing. I'm out there living. I'm going hiking with the dogs. I'm going. I'm going out having fun. I'm not sitting around watching UFC marathons. And, and that's what I mean. That's what I, I don't have. I don't have that kind of time because there's too many things I really want to go out and do in life. In right. life. Yeah, and enjoy and instead of sitting on my ass for nine hours in front of a, a television set. So that's what right. I mean. Like I don't have time for that, man. You know, I mean, right. I'd rather be traveling and going to places like Costa yeah. Rica. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But just one thing to tie in with what, everything you've said is, it kind of reminds me of the network. Mar- uh, yeah, the network marketing company Herbalife. Right. It's one of the notorious ones. Like Amway. Herbalife is considered probably like one of the big three or five of network marketing. But anyway, when Herbalife started. It was one product, and that was their flagship product. It was a meal replacement powder. And Mm -hmm. that was all their sales came from that. And then they had a multivitamin that went along with that. And then they added two or three other things that kind of made sense. So you had maybe three or four core products. Now they they have like 100 products, right? And they try to get people, if you become a distributor for the company, I mean, they'll try to put you on everything. Like, okay, start. you got to start using the product because you want to be a representative of it. So use the face cream, the night creams, the... The sleep, the sleep product before you go to bed, the, the, the morning shake, the energy one. I mean, so you're on all of these products. And that's a very clever mechanism because with the network marketing company, they don't care about selling to the end consumer, meaning someone who just buys the product to use it, not to sell it. Their goal is to sell it to the distributor because they don't care if the distributor sells the product or not as long as the distributor buys it. So what they want to do is get the distributor to take as much of the product personally so that he or she is buying a lot of it just for him or herself with the illusion that they're going to get a lot of other people to do the same thing. Right. But just because you're willing to blow a thousand bucks a month on, on supplements, you're, you're not going to find a lot of other people that are willing to do that. You know, so you're better right. off just having a few core products and keeping the quality really high. I mean, if you want to expand your line, fine, but every single product should make sense. So if you can only make five incredible products, then that's all you should ever make. There's no need to make 6, 10, 15, 20, 50. But a lot of companies do that because they get greedy. What happens is they go, okay, we built a loyal audience. Now let's try to bombard this loyal audience which is with as much product as possible. And right. I've seen so many companies do this. You know, EAS started off like this. We had Sean Phillips, who was one of the founders of that. EAS had a couple of core products that, that most of them worked pretty well. They had to build, they, they developed a loyal audience. Then they sold the company, another, another company took over, and they just started expanding rapidly. There was a new product coming out every week, and, right. and that was the end of them. They're no longer a big player in the game. No one talks about EAS anymore. You know, 20 years ago, they were a huge player. They dominated the sports nutrition world. Now they're probably not even in the top 10. Right. Because what happens is they got greedy. 
You got greedy, man. Why wasn't good enough? You know, with my product line right now, it's three high-quality products. I've got two more in development. If those two, if those two never come out, it's not going to be the end of the world because I've got three great products that sell well, and I make a nice income right now. So if it never gets better than right now, I'm okay with that because I have great rapport with my customers. I've got great products. I know I'm not selling them bullshit. I know I'm not just putting my label on something just to extend my line. Right. So, I mean, it, it has to make sense, man. If you want to expand, do it organically. Do it in a way that makes sense. But what happens with a lot of companies like <clears> we're <throat> talking about here at the UFC is that they're trying to expand at an artificial rate. And this is one of the biggest problems, actually, with our economic system. I was just that, about to say that. I was about to yeah, say, oh, it sounds like our, our economy. No, Come it's on. like investors are always like, I want to see returns every year. So in other words, they expect a company to, to have greater profit every single year indefinitely. Well, it doesn't fucking work that way, dumb fuck. Okay, that's like me going to the M Casino to play blackjack and saying, I want to win every fucking hand tonight. Otherwise, it's not a perfect game. You win a lot, you win some, you lose some, hopefully you have more at the end of the night than you started with. Okay, that, that's, that's the only thing you can hope for. You're not going to win every fucking hand in life or everything you try. That's the other thing that irritates me too is that where people say, well, this kind of fear of failure of taking chances of trying to live fully. It's like, oh, there's always this focus on what can go fucking wrong. It's like, why don't right. you think about what can go right too and, and have the balls or ovaries if you're a woman to take charge of the shit <laughs> instead of fucking complaining about crap, man. So, I mean, it, 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 then who cares if it doesn't work out? At least you fucking try. At least you have a story. That and there's you a, there's a thing. Exactly. And that's, what, and that's what people resonate with is that story. Because then they realize, okay, this dude, okay, he, he was rising to the top, and then things came crashing down, but then he dusted himself off, he got up, and now he's successful yeah. again. People are more... They, they resonate more with that, and that catches their attention more than the guy that was successful the entire time. The company just kept making profits, making profits. Guess what? Eventually, they're numb to hearing about your profits, and no one even cares anymore. So right. and no, not saying like, oh, go out and try to purposely fail just so you can have a freaking story. But the thing is, yeah, yeah, the exactly. thing is just to go out and at least try, and guess what? If shit goes wrong, it just went wrong. But it actually, it didn't go wrong. It, you went, it went as a learning experience. That's yeah, what it is. You got knowledge out of it, which exactly. is always useful. So there's like never Motorhead song. One of my favorite songs is Motorhead's Ace of Spades, right? The yeah. lyrics are badass. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, lose it's some. all the same. Now, yep. first time I heard that, I was probably 13. I was like, you win some, <laughs> you lose some, it's all the same. It's like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that reminded me of my favorite uh, religious text, the Bhagavad Gita, where it says, mm-hmm. you don't have a right to the results of your actions. You only have a right to your actions, not the results. When I first read that, I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Why would I want to act without not being able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. You know, that's the way I interpret it. The whole point is, is that if you don't focus fully on the action phase, you're not going to have good results. And then when you look at life, you win some, you lose some, it's all the same. It's all the same because it's, it's the process that's important. It's the learning process there. It's like, yeah, winning is fun and winning is addictive. But if, if, you, if you never have failure in life, you're not going to be an interesting person. And if you never experience adversity, you're not going to have a full experience of life. You're, you're not going to be remotely interesting, and you're not going to be a developed person either. You really, you really miss out, actually. So you don't want to purposely go out and create problems. I'm not saying that. You know, some people like to create problems oh because God, it gets yeah. them attention. It's like, poor me, poor me. It's like, no, I'm not uh-huh. recommending that pussy-ass shit. What I'm <laughs> recommending, though, is that you go out there and, and, and live fully and take some chances and if things go wrong, no big thing, man. Keep moving forward. But don't, don't purposely create problems by getting married to a bitch or 
having a bunch of fucking losers for friends or having a job you can't stand. And ladies get married to a dick and an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Or not necessarily one who wants to put one in the other, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so same, same goes for you too. So if you know he's an asshole, don't marry him because guess what? You've got drama. But there's some that love the drama to talk love. about it. No you're, not gonna, no, you're not going to change him. Don't just think they can change. You're not changing shit. You know what I mean? You can, well, what, what, what is there is going to come to the surface at some point. You can repress it. The, well, you're, not, you're, not a, you're not a changer. You're a repressor. You're just repressing, repressing, repressing. Eventually, it's going to be a dam that breaks, and, and all hell is going to break. It's going to be a flood of assholeness. Yeah, you, you can't you. be a fixer-upper. This goes both ways. And I know plenty yeah. of guys who are like, oh, you know, I started dating this girl, and, you know, once I help her lose 20 pounds, she's going to be perfect. I was like, well, you're a fucking really? idiot. Like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, look, dumb fuck. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? You know, recommending that she get on an exercise program or eat better, that's all, that's all fine and good, but she has to want to do it too. And if, and if she needs to do that to somehow validate herself to you, then it's not the right fit, dipshit. Go find, what, go find the woman who already has what you're looking for rather than trying to change somebody into what you think she should be. Yeah, because what's going to end up happening, you're go- she's going to resent you. And she's yeah. going to just like, you know what, screw you, buddy. I'm going to have all the cake I want because you can't tell me what to do. You can't because yeah. as human beings, we're rebellious by nature. Don't fucking tell us what we can't do. You know, we're, we're, we're automatically, deep down inside, we have a child in us all the time. Tell a child what not to do. They'll throw a freaking tantrum. So well, how do we rules couples try to have with each other? It's like, oh no, my gosh, like, this, I can't do this. My wife says I can't do this. It's like, look, <laughs> you know, I, I've been through two marriages and I'm fucking 40. And the first one was to a woman I hated who tried to change me. The second one was to a woman I love who still tried to change me. Guess what? Didn't work out each time, man, because you can't fucking try to change people, especially a fucking person like me. Do I sound like someone who's going to be amenable to that bullshit? You know, it's like, I walk out the fucking door. I'm going wherever I want to do. Don't ever ask me where I'm going, where I've been, who I've been with. I'm a grown-ass <laughs> man. No, my mom didn't ask me those questions when I was a teenager. So you're definitely not going to ask me that I'm at 40. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just going to think about something. Oh, I'm thinking of these old skits of Robin Harris. Like, to my, baby, where are you going? Going to the moon. To my, all right, baby, all right, baby, you be careful. <laughs> to, my, to my, where are you going? I'm going to go where I'm going. I'm going to be where I am, and I'm going to be where I'm at now. If your guy is not cheating on you because you told him not to, that's not going to work. He has to not cheat on you because he doesn't want to not cheat on you, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to not cheat on you, right, or he doesn't want to cheat on you, rather. So, I mean, and vice versa. So, it, it can't be like, well, uh, either she told me not to, even though I want to. <laughs> you know, but, or, yeah. or the other way around. People are going to do what they want to do, whether you like it or not. And there's nothing you can do to control that. So you can sit there and throw that out there all you want, like, you better ever cheat on me. <laughs> Look, it's like this. If he's, if he's going to cheat, he's going to cheat. And like Mike just said, he's going to have to make a decision if he wants to or not. And that's all. I mean, you, this is where trust comes in. It goes back to what we talked about a few shows ago about trust. We have to put a lot of trust on You just have to trust that they just won't go put their dick in anybody. Okay? You just, you just have to trust that. When he, that's, the, that's the gamble that we talked about on the last show. That's the risk. That's part of those risks and gambles that we talked about. And so when they walk out the door, you're gambling on the fact that they're going to come back a faithful man or a faithful woman. And that's what you do. Hopefully, hopefully your chips are good until you come back. Hopefully you get a good return with that. You don't go you know, you know, complex, though, is that a lot of women don't understand this, so we're going to educate you a little bit here. We're going to give you some realities about the male this psyche. Is, this, is, this is a segment <laughs> called Man Shit 101. Yeah, we're going, to, we're going to tell you some reality <laughs> here because a lot of women are delusional. A lot of guys are delusional about women, too, so we'll, we'll definitely get 
like women to come on the show and, and talk about that. That would be hilarious. But uh, male perspective here. Okay. Men have as much emotional attachment to sex as about what cup of coffee, what kind of coffee they have in the morning. All right. So in other words, a man can be a man can love a woman and go out and have sex with other women, not even know their names, and not think about it ever again. Doesn't even remotely register in his head. And a lot of women just don't get that because you guys are wired so much differently, like men. So they think that I'm not saying that it's okay for all this. I'm just giving you the reality of how the brain works here. Is that and what he said? He said men could okay that means there's somewhere in there, yeah. there's, a cho- there's a choice involved so what he's mike's not saying yeah, every man is that way yeah it's not like no, it's not I'm the not, standard I'm not saying that every man is that way yeah i'm not saying every man is that way but i'm saying that, that that's that's the male psyche when it comes to sex i'm talking about most guys you know some guys may be a, a deviant from what i'm talking about they may be an outlier but most guys it's, it, it just doesn't mean anything. it's not it's not that meaningful to us Okay, we can go out and have sex with women. It doesn't mean a damn thing. We may never think about it again. It doesn't affect us one bit. It doesn't, doesn't affect us on a hormonal level. With some women, it can really change their whole hormonal profile, which is why, that's why, why a lot of women often correlate great sex with a guy being in love with them. Like, oh, my God, he gives me so good, he's got to be in love with me. Not necessarily. Maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> you know? He may just be someone who, wanted to, who was really sexually attracted to you, and that's why he gave it to you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that he's in love with you. So that, that's, the other, that's the other reality. <laughs> Give you some straight talk here. Man. I'm not even, people are like, oh, is he talking about himself? But out there, it's like, it's like what I, what, who I am is that side of my life is none of your fucking business, but I'd be happy <laughs> to talk about that. Let's put that there. So I'm, no, I'm not necessarily talking about myself, but I'm not denying talking about myself either. So how about that? <laughs> you know? The difference is I have the fucking balls to talk about this on a, on a public forum. I'll, I'll talk about this to anyone, anytime. I don't, I'm not someone who's going to be all secret of like, oh, I hope she doesn't find that or I hope this doesn't happen. I'm just giving you some realities here, man. When you're 40 and you've had enough life experience, you kind of realize how people act and so forth. Right. So that's just, that's just some food for thought, man. It's just a, that's just how the brain is wired. Now, it doesn't mean that a guy's just going to go bang every woman he's attracted to or every opportunity that comes up. It's still, it's still, it's still an action that you're choosing to do. You know, our, our hormones have a strong influence on how we think, feel, and act, but we still have the final word. You know, we're still the CEO on our actions. So we can't just blame it on our hormones. Like, oh, baby, I started taking Mike's testosterone booster, and, <laughs> and it, I, it I tripled just... it. It tripled it, and I couldn't help myself. Hold on. It's tripled. Hold on. Let's do the math, baby. It tripled it, and there's only one of you. That means I had two more options. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's simple yeah, you're, math, you're baby. You're still the CEO. You're still the CEO. <laughs> you're, you're still the final word on what you're going to do exactly. or not do. And, but, I, I, but I think a lot of people have judgment and guilt about actions because of our, our, our society, saying that, you know, this is how a man and a woman should act with each other. This is how a man should be. This is how a woman should be. And you know what? You're a grown person. You fucking decide what your relationship is. You can't. You, you know can't. Yeah, you can't. If you're a guy with a woman, you're like, look, I, I, I love you, but I'm not going to be monogamous. Have the fucking balls to say that shit, man. If, if you're like, look, I want you to be my primary woman, but I, I, I want to I go out there and play with other women from time to time, then you better be honest about that because you're going to either be doing it behind her back or you can do it in front of her. And she's going to have to decide whether she's cool with that or not. And there's some women that are the same way. They're like, you know what? I like having sex with other men. So I love my husband, but I want to be with other men. And I've talked to women like this. And I know a lady is a sociology major is like that. And people automatically will judge her like, oh, slut, whore, and this. I was like, you know what? You're, you and your husband are honest about the whole thing. So who am I to judge, man? You guys, as long as you two are cool with it, exactly. fuck am I to say anything? You know, exactly. Like, none of my business, A. And if it's working for you, okay, cool. 
It's not my choice, but all right. But who, who am I to judge? And that's the thing. We're all, we have these so-called rules in our society, like, this is how it should be. I'm like, first of all, that's, that's about, that is just as shitty as saying that everyone should have six meals a day. You don't know their situation. There means, if you're sitting on your, yeah, if you're sitting on your ass for 12 hours a day at work, your ass should not be having six fucking meals because you're not moving. Okay, so don't listen to, don't be the, don't start following the they say theory. Well, they say it should be this, and they say who the fuck is Doctor They and Doctor yeah, Them? Who, who I am, is they? I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I want to see it because when I see they or them, I'll punch them in his fucking throat because there's so many things people. He's obviously he's screwing up the, a lot of lives of people right around me. Well, they say this, and this, you know, well, I heard from them, f them. And that's they, you know, so these are the same people. These are the same people that are telling you, you know, you should only just, you, you should be with one person for the rest of your life. You should just marry your high school sweetheart and be with them for the rest of your life. Dude. Or if you're a virgin, that's who you should be with. The person that you're with the first time, that should be the only one. Um, you, you might want to try some like other religion, options. Kind of like people that try to push religion on you, right? Where I'm yep. not even going to name any one religion because I've had people from oh, a variety yeah. of religions that have pushed up on me and I've got my own philosophy, which, is mine. So I know what I believe, and I don't need anyone else to push their stuff on oh, me. God, if everybody I'm, not, just, I'm not interested. If, everybody not interested. Just, if it just stop right there, and everybody just take that line right there yeah. from this whole podcast, the last thing <laughs> you said, if they could just take that and that religion, not just being as far as spirituality, but their fucking food, their fucking sexual preference, all yeah. of that, all those yeah. other, yeah. all those religions yeah. that you're all bowing down to, if you can just say if it's just yours and you've got your own and you don't care about anybody else's, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, as long as, <laughs> long as it's not abusive, as long as, as long as you're not exactly. abusing animals or kids or something like that, you know. Then, it's, then and, and there's a level of honesty. Then, then to each their own. Now, with, with the whole the whole pushing religion on me, that one's always interesting to me because I'll always flip that back if I'm in the mood and say, I, I guess you don't believe in this stuff that strongly. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, if you did, you wouldn't have to push it on me. Seems like you're trying to get me to buy into it because that'll help you buy into it as well because you haven't fully bought into it. Well, guess what? Stuff I believe in, like my plant-based diet and my my philosophy, my spiritual values, which is heavily influenced by Hinduism, Sufism. I don't have you don't you hear me talking about that stuff that often because I don't have to try to convince anyone exactly. of that stuff. You know, it's for me. People want to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about. It. People want to talk about how to do a plant-based diet. I'm down. You want to talk about my spiritual background? I'm down for that too. No problem. You know, it's not I'm not walking like, around. Oh, that's a private area. I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about it. But, like, for example, if you and I go out to dinner, I'm not going to be like, well, look, sincere. Uh, I'm not comfortable with you eating this and that. And do me a favor and don't, don't order a drink either because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I just gave that up. It's like, come on, dude. And you know, and you know my line. And you know, and you know my line. Okay, last time I checked, I didn't see your name on my light bill, man. <laughs> 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 I mean, um, don't, I mean, you don't have to pay for the other person to be if you're not comfortable with what they're buying, but don't tell them. You can say that. You're like, look, you know, if you could, I was like, I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to pay for your meal because you're doing this. So I'm just gonna let's split the check, which is fair, but kind of silly, but that's fair too. But, but, but telling someone else what they should be doing or not doing with their own money, come on, dude, that's about as nasty about as it gets. Oh man, so yeah, we yeah we can go all day on that one. <laughs> yeah, that, I, mean, that's right I, I think the whole uh, 
honesty with the male psyche and the whole relationship thing, though, I think that's a great segue into some of your Costa Rica stories. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the male psyche first of all in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, let's talk about tradies, I, the male psyche. <laughs> yeah, let me. I know we're you know we're living it on time, so I'm gonna get down to the, I'm gonna get down to the main thing here. I'm just gonna really quick. You know, we stayed in, we stayed in the capital city of San Jose. And I'll just give you a brief rundown on that because I know we've talked about Costa Rica a lot. We've had Nadine Pisani on here, and she gave us her point of view and her experience with Costa Rica, which was slightly different than the one I had, but it still was great, you know, because Nadine is more in, in the more Pacific beach town area. I was right in the heart of the city. So basically, if you took New York, if you took Manhattan, picked it up and dropped it in Central America, that's kind of where I was. So we were right in the heart of everything. But the only thing was, just as if I went to Manhattan, it would be for me just to, that would be my hotel. That's where I would go and just sleep. Otherwise, I would go out and do other stuff outside of Manhattan. And that's, right. what, my, that's what Paulette and I did. Yeah, we were only in the heart of the city basically just to sleep because that's where our hotel was. It was a great hotel. If you're ever in San Jose, I recommend Hotel Presidente. Really, really nice hotel. And, cool. uh, and it's right in the, it's in the middle of everything. It's right by the museum. The museum is like two blocks away. You can walk to the museum. So you've got the gold museum. You've got their, their money museum. And it's so many cool cultural things right there. They have the central market. It's about, a, about six, seven blocks away. So everything is like right there. And once you get outside that, I mean, here's the one thing my tour guide told us. Basically, as far as San Jose is concerned, when you see everybody right there in the city center, they're just there during the, during the day because they're hustling. Everybody's hustling their asses off there all day long. You got all these vendors, man. It's hilarious. But then come like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, when those buses are about to stop running, they're gone. <laughs> it's over. It's, it's a wrap. It's quiet. Like nothing ever happened. So that's because most of the people who are actually from San Jose don't live in the city. They live outside the city. They only come into the city. They come to the tourist areas because, well, hell, you're tourists, and you guys will pretty much buy everything just to say that you've been there. <laughs> so, of course, they jack the prices up or whatever, but I'm not even mad at them with their hustle. But here's the funny thing. <laughs> so here's what's really funny. So we went to the um, – we're sitting outside the, the, the National Theater, and which is very, very beautiful and has a great restaurant in there. So we're sitting outside there, man. And, as I, you know, as Paula and I are walking, you know, we're sitting on the bench, and there's these two chicks right there. Now, there's one, and they're on the cell phone, and one of the chicks, like, her breasts are, like, pretty much about to explode out of her shirt. It's just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you know, it's just like, to the point where it just didn't, I mean, yeah, of course they weren't real, but it was, like, surreal. But it was funny because, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was kind of, it was to the point where it was just stupid how they were, like, it was like, two, it was two, like two little midgets trying to get out, excuse me, little people, <laughs> trying to escape, trying to escape out of her shirt, man. So it was just kind of funny. It was like, it wasn't even sexy. It was funny. So, but then just something, now then the male psychic kicked in and was like, wait a minute, man. Those fake boobs are way too, like, proportionate and too great. And look, here in America, I've seen a lot of females get fake breasts or whatever, and the jobs, are, a lot of the jobs are not that great. <laughs> you just know. I was like, okay, those things are too perfect. They put a lot of money in investment. They, put, they paid a lot of attention to detail in that. Okay, here's the deal. From my days of being a DJ, <laughs> usually when I had a DJ in a gay club, that's the only time you saw attention to detail being paid to <laughs> a, a breast job like that. But the thing is, we had a little bit of Brazil syndrome here because looking at this chick's face, you couldn't tell anything. It's like, I'll admit it, that chick was gorgeous. She was gorgeous, and that's what really threw, on, threw the red light on. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and Paula's just looking, and she's like, baby. She's like, her things are popping out. I'm like, baby, 
more than that's going to be popping out later on. Trust me. <laughs> and, so, and then right next to Paulette, there was this little dude with a backpack on. And, he, and this dude was just kind of like, we thought he was, he had his headphones on. So we thought he was listening to some music. But he just kept saying, my friend, my friend, my friend. I'm like, what is he saying? So he's looking at the chicks. And then he gets up and he walks behind them. And then he's looking over at us. And he's just smiling. I mean, talking about weird. So, but, but it was comical at the same time. So anyway, I think he was kind of like looking over the chick's shoulder, looking down his shirt or whatever. But then uh, whatever the phone call was about, they had a sky up and they got out of there. So they were walking off. So, of course, again, I'm just looking like, damn, man, like, really? Is that a chick or is that a dude? Because I can't tell. And I don't like that. I want to know. <laughs> so, so the dude was like, the little dude was behind him. And he just all of a sudden he just says out of the blue, looks at us, he goes, boyfriend. And then he just walks away in the opposite direction. Like, like it was like a public service <laughs> announcement. And he disappears. I'm like, what the hell just happened? What was that? So basically, man, come to find out, like, that's like a big, that's like big business there, especially in Costa Rica, man. And, you know, well, I always knew that about Brazil. So like right. I said, like I always tell, like, to my friends who go to Brazil, I say, hey, be careful. Be careful because you can end up coming back on our show with a nice story to tell. Like, you know, Sincere, <laughs> at the end of the day. Those guys are probably like, well, that's what I'm going down there for. Wink, wink, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so my thing is, you know, it's just really funny. And, and what made me think about it even more is just um, the Oscars this past weekend. I'm seeing all this stuff. Um, you know, people are upset about Jared Leto getting the Oscar for, you know, portraying a transgender. And it just you know, they was like, he didn't really put any effort into, you know, being a transgender in his character. I'm like, what? I said, why is it no one can ever be happy? I don't care what your preference that, is. That was Everybody... a good movie, man. That was Bias yeah. Club, and he, he, was, he, was, he was excellent in that. He did a great job. Exactly. So I'm like, there's no one's ever going to be happy. You got everybody mad at um, Lupita from, from 12 Years a Slave. They're like, oh, it took all this to finally get an Oscar for this, and it's because of slavery and blah, blah, blah. So you got the black, a lot of people in the black community pissed off. You got the transgender community getting pissed off that Jared Leto gets. I'm like, hello, people, you're getting some, you, you're, this stuff is being brought to the forefront now. It's becoming normal. It's not even something that's strange or anything like well, that. Well, what they should be getting pissed off about is the fact that, you know, human slavery still exists in the real world. Exactly. You know, let's, get, let's get pissed off about some real issues here. Let's get pissed off that, Monsanto is trying to own the entire food supply, and we're all going to oh. be fucked as a result of it. Now, let, let's, who gives a fuck who won or didn't win exactly. the Oscar? And, I didn't, even, I didn't even realize the Oscars happened. Until yeah, man. Yeah, and on top of speaking of Monsanto, there's another thing I really love about Costa Rica. I mean, when you talk about a beautiful place, I'm going to post some pictures. I haven't put the pictures up yet. I only posted a few while I was there. But when you talk about people who are, like, very adamant about keeping their environment and their food clean and preserved. These people are very adamant about that. I saw one plane the entire time spraying a chemtrail. We were at the volcano. And I asked the tour guy, I said, you know, do you guys have planes, you know, doing chemtrails all the time? They're like, no, no, no. They can't do that over the city. It's illegal. He said, they'll get arrested for doing that. He said, they only do that like in the outline. Maybe one farmer may have them come and spray. And that's the only time you'll see that. And that's because he hired them. But they can't do that to anything that's within the city limits or anything owned by the city. Or, or the country, and and you can tell the difference, man. And you know, it's funny. One of the last bits of graffiti I saw the night before we left, you know, I saw someone spray painted on the side of on the side of a of abandoned building. It was Fuera uh, Monsanto, which is basically Monsanto get out. So and, you know, and the thing is, their economy is based around the number one source of their uh, their income is tourism. Number two is actually electronics. So you have Intel. Uh, HP and all those guys, they have all their factories set up down there in, in San Jose and in Costa Rica, and that's their number two like income earner right there. And then number three, you have 
agriculture as far as like fruits, vegetables, and also um, coffee. Now, Dole has a big factory down there as well. And it's just so funny, that's pretty much who they're referring to when they talk about Monsanto, because they have two things going. They have organic, then they have the stuff that's sprayed. And you can see that when you go to the grocery stores. You've got your organic bananas from Dole. You know, those are the ones not being sprayed down there. But then you've got your conventional. And that's pretty much, they want that out of there. And one thing about it, dude, as far as the food, we did not have one bad meal there the entire time. And everything was fresh, like now it's just really hard for me to even think about eating a pineapple in America ever again. Because now I remember it's like eating pineapples there. I said, this is what pineapples tasted like when I was a kid. Okay. It actually tasted like candy. Yeah, I, and, I know. Sometimes you forget. Like well, moving, to, moving to Vegas, didn't have one good meal here for the first three years. So I can relate to the opposite of like <laughs> yeah. no, you, you forget sometimes what. What, what real food tastes exactly. like. So you've, you've had this processed bullshit. You have what you think is organic and so forth, and, exactly. and then you get the real thing. Because most of what we think is organic is, is it's very loosely defined as organic. Even if it is organic, it's being, it's being oh, grown it somewhere else, and then it's in a truck for a week, and then it finally right. gets to us. So by the time it gets to us, it's, 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 it's a fraction of what it was when it was first grown and ripely pecked. So yeah, right. yeah when, I, when I, I forget where I was. I think it might have been in... Uh, Kenya or Africa, or Uganda or somewhere, but the fruits there were just a totally Dude. different experience. Oh, gosh, it's ridiculous. It's like, oh, gosh, I could end up being a fruititarian hanging around these folks. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was eating plantain like four or five times a day, but damn. Right. Love and, that, love that stuff. And, oh, man, and on top of that, you know, even though pretty much had beans and rice every day, had plantain every day, thing is, came back, yeah, once again, just like my trip to Europe, 10 pounds gone, but another thing that I think contributed to that besides eating real food was, again, being in an environment where I was relaxed, the air was clean, it wasn't like full of carcinogens, you know, so basically my inflammation was dropping big time. I mean, we could see it, and we walked so much, but the thing was, it wasn't like we were walking until, like, I need to go walk for an hour so I can, you know, get my active recovery. No, it's just like I was out enjoying ourselves, and everybody was like, like I was telling Mike, dude, eight days straight, not one person was an asshole. Yeah, Mike kind of called me on that, like, yeah, I had that experience in Kenya, but, <laughs> but I said, even people that were hustling, they were still nice. Whereas no, no, you're right. I mean, that, and that's my attitude, too, is like Kenya, Uganda, like when you first go out there for a week, everyone's super nice. When you're there for three months, it's, it's not that they're not nice anymore, it's just that the hustler comes out now, and you get fed up of that. Yeah, I mean, here in America, you know, you can pass a homeless guy, and you, you pretty much tell him, like, oh, man, I don't have any change. Well, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, whereas, you know, there it's like, nah, man, I don't, you don't have any change. They're like, oh, thank you, God bless you. You know, and they're done. You know, whereas ours is like pretty much want to fight you for not giving them any money, or else it's so, no worse have worse than India. Though you go to Delhi, it's the worst beggars you will ever meet in your life. You're not even going to be remotely, and you're not even going to be remotely sympathetic after the first day because they. <laughs> They will run after you in the, uh, down the street. They will cuss you out. They will harass you. I mean, you're ready to punch people in the face within, <laughs> within minutes, man. Anyone who's been to India knows what I'm talking about. You know, di- diarrhea isn't the only thing that was invented in India. Get mad at the yeah, other half of me, that. bitch. Yeah. I'm happy to have rednecks. I can make fun of both of <laughs> them. <laughs> oh, no, the hustlers there are the worst in the world. Kenya and Uganda, like you said about Costa Rica, they're, they're like your nicer, kinder hustlers. So it's not even that bad. It's like, all right, you're being cool about it. So it's kind of a laugh. It's kind of a funny, actually. They're, they're kind of more humorous. Yeah. 
Definitely. So yeah, man. Like I said, it was a it was a great experience, and I mean, just really helped me reboot and kind of just clear my head and come back, man. Just ready to you know get back on the grind, but you know just approach the grind a little bit differently this time around. Now the cool thing is, you know, get ready to head on a cruise in about two months. So it's like okay, really, really get the hustle on, and then you know we're doing a family cruise. This is my first time getting on a boat, and I told you guys how this black man feels about boats. So you know that was like, that was a big undertaking, you know, to get me on that. But you know it was really cool because. The ship that we're going to be on it actually has like a little area called the sanctuary where it's just silence, no kids, no anything, which is going to be great because me being on the water, man, is very meditative, and it's going to be really cool to have that. So it'll be another way to unwind, especially about a week before I compete in my next kettlebell con- uh, competition. So it'll be perfect, man, a great way to unwind right before competing. So, yeah, man, but the next time we go back, we'll probably go back um, like this time next year because, you know, Costa Rica only has two seasons. They have a dry season and a wet season, and there is no – Winter, spring, summer, fall. No, it's spring all the freaking time. Pretty much it's around 78, 80 degrees all year round. And even when it snowed on the volcano a few weeks ago, down below it was 78 degrees. So it's kind of like that Lake Tahoe, Reno thing going on all the time with them. So yeah. next time we're going to end up going to the beach towns, you know, when, when it's the dry season again. Learned a lot of things about coffee while I was there. Went to a couple of farms, did some research, and kind of really helped with uh, some things I'm looking into, you know, putting together in the future so very cool you know very enlightening learned a, actually went to the farm where starbucks gets 70 percent of their beans from and wow. learned a lot and now explains a lot too why that coffee tastes like shit <laughs> 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 so now i know <laughs> so yeah man but yeah it's really great having a show with no advertisers and no corporate input between I mean, we can literally <laughs> say whatever we, we can throw anyone under the bus that we yeah. want to we can we don't we don't have to say well a, a large company that does this we can just be totally direct like we can just call companies out call people out it's perfect yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so liberating man it's just, it's just <laughs> what makes the show fun you don't have to worry about like oh i better not say this i better not say that in fact, I thought of a great joke when you talked about the wet and dry seasons. A lot of women can relate to that, right? Oh, yeah, I said it. Wet season, dry season. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And on that what note. What you say that shit on? Boom. And on that note, I think that's a good place to wrap up this week's show right here. So don't forget, folks, to hop over to Mike's site or my site. Type in the coupon code LLA, and you'll get 30% off of my DVD, the digital download, the physical download, as well as my weight management course. You'll get 30% off of that at my website, newwarriortraining.com, and you'll get 10% off of Mike's supplements, as well as all his other swag that he's got over there, T-shirts, all that good stuff, 10% off. Type in the coupon code LLA, and that's at MikeMahler.com. And last but not least, don't forget the Las Vegas experience with the four of us, myself, Sincere Hogan, Mike Mahler, Steve Cotter, Ken Blackburn. It's going down in Vegas, September 20th, 21st, also the Olympia weekend. So you definitely don't want to miss it now. Go ahead and get your name on the VIP list so you can get first dibs when it's time to register before anyone else can, and you'll get it the lowest possible price. And all you have to do is just email Mike at Mike at LLAPodcast.com or sincere at LLAPodcast.com. Get on that VIP list. That list is getting freaking long right now. Yeah, it's Again, folks. 55, 55 people now in count, and we've had people email while we're actually doing the show. And also, folks, take a look at the M Casino. Do a Google search. Take a look at it. Take a look at Green Valley Ranch Casino because 90% chance that's where I'm going to get the group discount for everyone to stay at. So I want everyone to stay at the same hotel so we can have a blast. And 
these are these are four or five star hotels which are reasonably priced. I mean, the M Casino is around ninety nine bucks a night, which is I mean we're talking nice rooms here. We're not talking crap. I mean, one no, thing about not a Vegas Roche Motel. Is, yeah, the nicest hotels we've ever been to in America are in Las Vegas. I mean, five star in Las Vegas means a lot more than five star in New York City. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, five star in Vegas means a lot more than five star in London. I can tell you that much too. I've been all over the world. But I've stayed in hotels all over the world. And I've stayed in a lot of nice places, nowhere comes close that I've been to, to luxury in Las Vegas. So M Casino, Green Valley Ranch Casino, both are very nice. A lot of good restaurants on site at both of them. Both have really nice spas, pools. You know, pool season will still be going strong in September out here. So you have a great chance to get a massage, get into the spa, go hang out by the pool, get some laps in, have a couple of drinks. Both of these places are super nice. So when you go look at both websites, you're going to get even more excited because you're not going to be staying at the Econo Lodge or Comfort Inn. You're going to be staying at a nice place. See, yeah, that's the difference right there. You're going to get a massage at the M, but if you go to like the Econo Lodge, you're going to get a tug and rub, and it's a big difference. <laughs> it's a big difference, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, so make sure you go ahead and send those emails, folks. If you are definitely serious about coming out to this, then definitely send us an email. Put VIP in the subject header, and, and we'll put you on the list. if you're not serious and you're a wishy-washy person who never commits to jack shit, then don't bother. Don't waste our time. If you're someone who likes to talk a lot and you never follow through with action, don't, don't waste our time. We won't, we won't waste your time. Yeah, hit the we, don't, we, don't want, we, don't, we don't need 50 people on this list who aren't going to do jack shit. And keep in mind that, like I said, when we, when we do a blast out to you guys, because we're going to do a private blast out, and you're going to have about two weeks to sign up. And if you don't sign up, we're going to, we're going to make a list that we're going to name on the show. <laughs> so we're going, to make a name, we're going to make a list of everyone who signed up, and then we're going to make a list of all the flakes who said, oh, yeah, would you guys do that? I'm there. And we're going to say that list too because, <laughs> hey, if you – fair is fair, man. We're just giving you credit, okay? Just like we gave Caleb credit for the, the testosterone replacement topic and the UFC connection. You know, we gave Ben Martinez credit the other day. For telling Mike to shut the fuck Mike, up. Yeah, I can interrupt the guest too much. Okay, Ben, fine. But you're, we're going to say – we're going to say that you're the one who gave us that credit so that when you come to our course, because you're on the VIP list, everyone can come up and thank you. <laughs> All right? so fair is fair, my friend. Give me credit where credit is due. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up right there, and we'll see each and every one of you on the next show. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. <laughs>